Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the first ever episode of All the Small Games. Uh, my name is Andrew Levins. Let me set the scene for you. Uh, it's a Saturday morning at 1.30 a.m. Uh, I just turned 33. Congrats. And uh, I've got 100 friends coming over tomorrow for a big barbecue bash. Exactly 100. Spot on. It's 100 people. Exactly, yeah. or, or I walk. Make him stand in 10 by 10 square, count just, him off. I just, 33 is a write-off. Yeah. I just go skip straight to 34. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've, I've got a, a whole mess of barbecue slowly cooking on my balcony right now to, to feed these 100, exactly 100 mouths tomorrow. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I need, you need company when, you, when you're going to stay up all night, barbecuing, drinking beers. Smoking, the meat. Yeah, um, just the meat. Just the meat. Um, you need you need company, and sure. I, I wanted no other person, uh, no better person. Sorry, than uh, my, one of my oldest friends, mm. uh, someone who, uh, when I first met, um, he played trumpet <laughs> badly, but now he uh, <laughs> plays he, even worse. <laughs> yeah, when was the last time you played a trumpet? Jesus, uh, two decades. <laughs> It's been a long time. But luckily, this is not about playing trumpets. It's about playing games, this podcast. Mm, thank and, goodness. Uh, not only do you play games, you've, uh, you've actually had an amazing... Uh, something that I, I, don't, I don't know how to... It's like, you know, I, 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 I DJ and I, I write about food and I write about music. And, and I feel like I'm, I've, I've had a really, really easy access to all these worlds that I, I'm a fan of. Like it's never been a problem for me to somehow get work in that area. Mm. But the biggest thing that I have no fucking idea, and it's like my, my, my favorite passion is video games. Sure. I have no idea how you work on a video game or, or in any way. It's, you know, this weird pipe dream. You, Jonathan Valenzuela, uh, wrote yes. um, a game that came out last year called Death Squared. Yes. You did the writing. So that's... It was a, it was a right place, right time deal. Um, luckily, I work in the advertising field and the ad agency that I work for uh, set up a game studio Which attached so to it. This is a question for another day, but why did they do that? Uh, the, the owner loves games. And, what, and, it's, what, and, and games, have, games have been part of the DNA of this agency for since the beginning. They made like, they've made like 300 Flash games for various brands over the years. Mm. And I think they just went like, 
if we put a bit of money in this, we can actually make proper games. So like those like budget like flash games that yeah. are like you know find the teddy bear in the peanut butter, throw jar. the paper towel at the stain, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they did tons of that. Look, to be honest, they did actually some really cool kind of like they did a really good one for Gangster Squad. If you remember that movie, with, oh wow, with. Emma Stone and the, well, the words really good aren't very you know commonly associated with that movie. Sure, um, but the but the we, Flash games the based Flash, on it. Well, the Flash game based on it was pretty good. Did you but, do the um, writing? I didn't do the writing. Uh, and you wrote it didn't, the character it, of the paper towel. It didn't really see the light of day because there was gun violence in America, and we went, oh, we got to take this off the internet now. Yeah, but um, yeah, luckily it was the, the one and only time there was gun violence yeah, in America. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, America. Um, but yeah, it was it was literally I was lucky to land at a company that that had a massive games focus, and then as they set up an independent studio, which is um, called uh, SMG Studios, That's right. um, makers of Death Squared, Thumb Drift, um, Super One Jump, Super One Jump, uh, or Super One More Jump. That's right, One More, one more Line, One More Bounce, uh, OTTTD, which is Over the Top Tower Defense. Um, and lots of stuff coming up soon. But the only ones of those you've worked on specifically is Death Squared. Death Squared and OTTTD. I've right. done a lot of the writing for that. Did a lot of the writing for that yeah. as well. And there, the kind of like you wrote the character. These like Death Squared is like the, this awesome indie game where you play as two cubes. Yeah. And uh, the setup is that like you're you're being watched by like a testing facility. Yeah, you're being you're being watched by. The um, this employee of the company that makes these AIs called Omnicorp, and he has a assistant, an AI assistant called uh, Iris, which uh, is a is an Easter egg. That's Siri backwards, guys. Ah. Um, uh, yeah, and it's just he's bored at his job, so it's just him shooting the shit with his AI assistant. Um, so you wrote all that dialogue, yeah, and right. it's really funny. And a lot of like a lot of reviews, I got, I got really proud reading them and all listening to like podcasts um, featuring you know like pretty well known game uh, journalists like r- raving on about the game, and they all brought up how much they enjoyed the witty writing. Thank you, that's it all was, you, bro. It was wonderful. It was also fun to read. There was um, it was I was watching a like. I was watching a live stream of two people playing the game. I get the feeling it was like one of the dudes that set up packs and he was just, he wasn't ripping on it, but he was like, this dialogue's gone on too long. It's a beginner's mistake. And I was just like, oh, fuck you. Pax sucks. Um, <laughs> no, I love Pax. Pax is great. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's something I'd love to do a lot more of. John, shut the fuck up about games that you worked on. That's not what this podcast is about. Those were big games. We need to talk <laughs> small games. Uh, so, John and I have been friends for when I met you, 2003. Like 13, 14 years now. Exactly 15 years. 2004 we met, so 14 years. Okay, right. Yeah. All right. We can argue about this in the future. Indeed. I swear it's 2003. <laughs> 10 years from now. It's been 14 years. We've been friends for 14 years. <laughs> Um, but uh, one of the first things that we bonded over was uh, you discovering that I had a PS2. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, 
I, you would come over. I, I lived at my still lived with my parents then, and my parents had this big kind of empty room underneath, like this enormous empty kind of like entertaining space that, I, that they never even walked down into because it was I, just. I believe rumpus room. Rumpus. It was a rumpus is the room. technical term, and you could. It was like you had to access it. You had to go down this weird spiral staircase, or there, or it was like accessible from like the pool. Yeah, where the pool is. Hence rumpus. This, this is making my my uh, my childhood home home sound way ritzier than it actually is. It's, but well, <laughs> but. Uh, so like for almost like every at least one night of the weekend for at least a good solid year, uh, you and, and me and like ten of our friends would hang out in that room and play like party games that came out on PS2, like Buzz and Buzz, SingStar, yeah, specifically those two. And mm. then I feel like we'd you've been coming over and playing my PS2 and only those games for like six months, and then I was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to play. Um, GTA later and you were like what the fuck you have GTA why do we only play Buzz and Singstar um, and then from that moment that was like the kind of like when you and I became like inseparable um, yeah. and you would not because of you know we clearly love each other but also <laughs> it's, yeah. the addiction of playing video games together started and yeah. um, you would uh, you had a full time job and and, uh, and that I was the worst influence on your employment at GTA that point in time. GTA destroyed my fucking like sleep cycle during that time because this was this was also when you were hosting a like eleven p.m. to one a.m. radio show, and I had like in Redfern, <laughs> yeah, we were both living out in the suburbs, and I'd drive you home, thinking like, okay, I got work at nine, you know, got to get to work at nine in the morning. I also worked like. My work was in Redfern, so yeah, it was yeah. a long way to get to work. And you also lived in Redfern. No, no, no. This is. I oh, think. I think first. I'd moved. I'd moved okay, to right. Hills at this point. But I'd. I'd get you to your place to drop you off, and you'd be like, GTA. Like, God damn it! All right, fine. Let's. And then about an hour and a half, two hours later, like three thirty in the morning, it would be so much later. Than yeah, that, I'd be like, Oh, I've got to go home now. Look, I, there were many nights where I was like, If you don't leave now, my parents will get up for work before you leave. <laughs> Um, and it was always, it was always a weird balance of, I was always very much like, we got to do the next story mission. We got to keep moving. We got to like, let's get through this plot. Let's get through this plot. And I think you'd be like, okay, we've done a story mission. I need to cause carnage for 15 minutes now. I need to find out how many cop stars I can pick up. And just like, yeah, and, that, that and was like what GTA is to me. Like it, yeah. it just, it's mayhem generator. Just get the sniper rifle and then just take out people until you get five stars. Right. And, and then, then it's it's survival at that point. I, and that was, I think that that almost is like kind of sums up the kind of games I like versus the kind of games <laughs> you like. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I guess for, from that kind of those that that solid year of us, we played every GTA game on we, the PS. I think two. I don't remember GTA three quite so well, but I think it's we played that up until this annoying mission where like a, a plane explodes and all pieces of the plane go everywhere, and you have to like get on a jet ski out to the water yeah. and find all these bits and people are shooting at you and we're just like this is tedious I think we spent the most time on Vice City I think. which is, is still my favourite I, I love San Andreas too but yeah. Vice City probably my favourite yeah. GTA game ever again we're talking about big games this game's about small games god damn it this again about small games uh, but we're talking the history this is not a real episode this is episode yeah. zero we're setting the scene <laughs> um, but from there I guess like you know you and I would just always talk about games yeah um, which is funny because neither of us, you know, that, that PS2, that was my first console. And mm. I, at that point I was, you know, I was 19. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and I'd grown up my entire life as like the really, really eager kid that would go to someone's house, find out they had a SNES or a PS1 and then just just wouldn't leave that room and then you know as soon as you go visit that place again you just go straight to where the video games were yeah. and play them f- until you were told to leave um and i feel like you have a similar like you i you were a pc gamer as a kid yeah i was i had parents who considered consoles to be a waste of time mm-hmm. at least with a pc you can do homework on it um so i didn't get my i actually didn't get my first uh console till i joined the ad agency that I was talking about earlier, which was an Xbox 360. But, um, yeah, I mean, because it was... Because you, you actually worked... Yes, X, Xbox is a client right. of, of the agency. Which you've been, you've been quite, well, like, you know... Well, if if, you, if someone, anyone listening is, like, a, you know, a devout Xbox um, user in Australia, you probably, yeah. you're probably aware of some of the stuff that John's worked on yes. over the last five years. <laughs> you've probably interacted with some content I've made. Um, What's your character again? Oh, it's it's a it's a gestalt entity called Cronjob. Cron <laughs> Cronjob is the the guy that work, the guy that is the that's the man behind the keyboard for the Xbox Australia social channels. But moving on, um, <laughs> I, but I, I'm going to like squeeze tidbits of that oh, out of your future episodes. Um, it was um, it's I have I have a really weird relationship with consoles because. I wasn't allowed them as a kid. And whenever I went over to someone's house, it was always cool. Like, oh, you got a Mega Drive. Oh, you got a, you got a, like, I remember a million years ago, there was a friend who lived up the road who had a Nintendo, early, the first Nintendo, the NES. NES, the NES. Yeah, NES yeah. And he had Duck Hunt, Mario, and Ghostbusters. And I can remember, like, Duck Hunt is fun for 10 seconds. <laughs> um, but I can remember playing Mario over and over again and playing Ghostbusters over and over again. But, I always had games when I was a kid. There were, there were PC games, admittedly. It was your LucasArts and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, there was. I always had computer games to play. And so even, even if I'd go to a person's house and they had a console, I'd be interested in it for a little bit, but I'd always just be like, oh, I've, got, I've got heaps of computer games at home. Right. Like, like, I had, you know, I had Doom when it first came out when I was 11, which is wildly irresponsible of my dad to have done that. I <laughs> see, my neighbor had Doom, so yeah. I, I got to play Doom, and, and in, in particular, the, uh, the Simpsons mod of Doom, oh, Doom yeah. 2, I think. Um, we had a PC that my dad bought secondhand from his work for $50 when I was in year seven, mm. um, and that was, my fir- that was our family's first computer. Nice. Um, and I spent every dollar I had, and like at Christmas and stuff like that. All I wanted was at, at like the two dollar shop. They sold all of the shareware games on floppy disks. Nice. And yeah. so I played all the RPG joints, all the ID joints. So you Commander Keens, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cosmos, Cosmic Adventure, your Duke Nukem, um, one and twos. Uh, I just played that nonstop. A few text-based adventure games as well. Sure. But I would only ever play until like the end of the shareware disc. So I, don't, <laughs> right. I, I yeah. never had a proper ending of any of them. And then when I was like in year nine, we got a, um, a, a CD-ROM computer connected to the internet. I, oh, I remember getting a CD-ROM. Oh. And, uh, and I'm only bringing this up because one of the games that I was lent from a fr- family friend was Grim Fandango, <gasps> which is a game that I think both of us consider to be like, oh, of, it's like a- what, t- top three. Oh, it's hall of it's hall of fame status, definitely. 
Like, so you, I, I would definitely put it in my top three. Really? Yeah. Mm. As, as far as like a game story goes, I don't think I've ever been more invested in a game. Oh, yeah, incredible, that. incredible game story. Um, I know it's clunky, like to, to kind of yeah. maneuver around. I didn't care when I first played it. It's it's one of those like I say Hall of Fame because at a certain point it gets hard to maintain that top like you say it's top three what else is in the top three um well i mean i I put breath of the wild that's and that's a very it's a very recent game sure and then i'd probably put um super mario galaxy 2 okay see i've got stuff like witcher 3 um which is fantastic uh the original (laughs) half-life um maybe you know you know what inside I was just going to say, because we've been listening to these games, none of them are indie games yet. Exactly. And that's what this podcast is um, apparently about. <laughs> but isn't, I mean, that's an interesting, like, is Grim Fandango an indie game? LucasArts, LucasArts self-published. Yeah, I mean, look, indie rock became less and less definable as, yeah. as, as it got bigger and bigger. Sure. But, and indie comics, I host a podcast called Serious Issues in which we review comics every week and indie comics is just anything besides Marvel or DC. Yeah. Which, you know, and which means that, you, you know, in... Technically, a Transformers comic is an indie comic because yeah. IDW published it. Despite the fact that that's a giant... Like, and also, Transformers comics used to be published by Marvel. So. Oh, right. <laughs> um, anyway, we can get we can get into this. We, we, this is an argument for a much... Like, episode seven, maybe. Let's At get least. into the what is an indie game. Um, but um, This is our gaming history episode. This is true. This is, this is where we've come from. Um, um, let's skip all the, all the years back. Beyond that, because I think it was just that just involves me. Just I, something clicked in my brain, and I um, I suddenly realized how much I adored Nintendo games, and I bought every Nintendo console. And then I just just had before before my first son was born, I had every Nintendo console with like I would say the top ten games on each of those consoles. And then um, just it was just taking up space in a room, and sure. I, I paid for a private doctor for when you know for when, his when, for his snes. <laughs> for a private Dr. Mario. <laughs> but no, I, I sold all, all, all my old consoles, including the PS2 that we used to play GTA oh, and Buzz on. Somewhere out there. I kept the six-star mics, though. <laughs> Just in case. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that paid for a, a, you know the private health insurance, so I could have my... It was like, yeah, the mm. ultimate, well, this is, I guess this is growing up. Which yeah. is interesting to bring up because all the small games, all the small things, is the uh, the Blink One Eighty Two song that this podcast is named after. Indeed, like, but segways I think on segways. I think it's interesting you bring up the the birth of your son because he's what he's four now, three, yep. four, and it, also his name is Indie Game. His name is yeah, Indie Game Levens. Um, I think maybe oh, I'd extend to possibly two years beyond that but i think the last six years is when indie games is really indie games have really exploded like steam and steam's green light process and crowdfunding websites like fig and kickstarter mm-hmm. have made it super easy yeah even, even beyond that like the tools that you can now get online fairly cheap that can give you the same power as um you know, a game studio back in the 90s kind of thing. Like, and speaking of Nintendo, there's now the Switch, which is, like, was there much of an indie scene on the Wii or the Wii U? Yeah, and we, we, I, I want to explore that in, in the future. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, I want to talk about how we play indie games in a moment. I'm just looking back now. A lot of people refer to Super Meat Boy as the first true indie game. Okay. And uh, that came out in 2010. <gasps> 
the the first true modern indie game, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like th- that was when people started calling it an was, indie game. I was about to start chin stroking and being like, well, back in the late eighties, you had a lot of people developing for the of Spectrum course. ZX. Anyone, anyone, yeah, can make pretty a much game anyone game. making yeah. a game back then was independent. But no, I see that. That I'd say it's the first. What, what's the one? I'd the, say it's the first indie game success story. What's the Jonathan Blur game that you made before? Braid. Braid. When was that? Let's have a look on the old indie Google machine. Because Braid, I mean, Braid's in that indie game, the movie, which is yeah. Super Meat Boy, Braid, and... Uh, oh, so that's 2008. So I guess that predates that. That's the, 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 those but the, I, those two in particular are the ones that everyone yeah. refers to. As, as Fez. Fez was the other one in indie game movie. Right. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, I think Braid, Braid is a very smart game, but Super Meat Boy has that visceral enjoyment to it like and, like braid you'll run into a puzzle that you can't solve and be like mm, okay i'm putting the controller down now but super meat boy is addictive enough that you will throw super meat boy into meat grinders and off ledges and into spikes and everything hours and hours and hours and hours and when you die it's like that was my fault i know what i did wrong yeah and now i will spend the next 10 hours trying to not do it wrong again and exactly again. um and also beautifully built like you die boom you're immediately back there again no mm-hmm. load screen no nothing like and so that that was so influential on so many indie games after that yeah what's the what's the um there's another one called like explodey man uh, M- there's mrs Ms. explosion yeah Ms. explosion man whatever Ms. explosion yeah. explosion man they, yeah. they, they, were, they were early ones too i never played that yeah and that's um, interestingly that's another thing the xbox live arcade is another big big, big yeah, driver definitely. for indie games uh, over the last six years, and PS3 at the same time had. I remember they did like this thing where they put out an indie game like once a week over the course of summer, like one summer, and it was okay. like there was, I, I, I bought every single one of them. I think like the Scott Pilgrim game was one of them. Oh, nice! Which is why I bought a PS3. Um, and uh, <laughs> what was that really cool game? Indie comics called Shank. You oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was one of them too. That yeah. was great fun. Shank, Papo, and Yo was one of them. There was like there lots, lots yeah. of games that I really like. Look back on quite fondly from that from that console. Um, so yeah, I mean, like for me, indie games, you know, whatever falls under that bracket, the smaller mm. games, all the small sure. games. What I like the way I like to play video games now is I like to have one big AAA game that I'm t- chipping away at on my television. Yeah, and I have a Switch. Specifically, um, well, you have a Switch, but specifically with TV, it's the PS4. That's right. I, I, I play, you know, my AAA games on the PS4, which is always hooked up on the television because mm. Sony haven't worked out how to cram the Vita and PS4 technology into the same thing yet. Yeah. They, but actually, even, they got pretty close. <laughs> but even though you have a Switch, you were saying earlier, you don't really play it on your TV. Like, as time... I, I, I did when it first started. And sure. I remember, like, you know, I remember it had been out a few months and I was like, I play, I play like 50-50, mm. you know, 50 docked, 50 handheld. And then as time went on, it became, you know, 70-30. And now, like, I reckon, it, yeah, if you look at my last two months, I've played 100% handheld. Sure. And I play a shitload of games on my on my Switch. I have 97 games in my game. Sorry, you just bought me one for my birthday. 98. Nice. Shouts to Cluster Truck. Cluster Truck. Looking forward to getting through that. Yeah. It's a platformer where you jump on moving trucks. Yeah. It looks real fun. Um yeah I've it's it's weird I'm I I run the same almost although I find that I tend to if I have a game on the go I'm just playing that game like mm-hmm. any any time I can get to to play that game it will be spent because I'm I'm very much a sort of 
cool, once I finish this, I've got time for a new game. It's not like, oh, which what do I play now? Do I play, like... I mean, admittedly, at the moment, I'm in a situation where I'm working my way through Celeste, which is incredible. We'll um, talk about that later. We'll talk about that, yep. Um, but also, the final episode... Oh, the final DLC episode for Little Nightmares has come out. And I really want to finish that as well because Little Nightmares was one of my games of the year last year. So it's it's just causing a lot of tension, like, which one am I doing? But I'm coming, like, if we're talking about at the moment, I'm coming off the back of 172 hours of Stardew Valley. <laughs> like I, Holy fuck. I, I read... I bought it a long time ago and played 30 minutes and went, what is this game? I don't understand it. And then I read uh, Blood, Sweat and Pixels, which if you haven't read it and you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend you go read it. Do you have that? Uh, not not currently, no. Like, is uh, it, But at your house you have it? It's, I've lent it to oh, Batesy. I'll get Batesy. it back. From, yeah, I'll get it back from him. If you're listening, Batesy, get me my book. <laughs> um, but it has a chapter on... There's no way Batesy's read that book. It, no, I know. It's... <laughs> It's uh, it's such a waste, um, <laughs> wasty. Um, but um, there's a chapter on it, and it's just fascinating because the whole game was made by one guy over mm-hmm. four years, and it just talks about like the highs and lows and how it, he was teaching himself to make games by making Stardew Valley, and every couple of months he'd go back and scrap all the work he did because he'd skilled up to the point where he's like, oh, I can do this much better now. Yeah, wow. So he like scrapped art eight or nine times just to redo it again after reading that i was like i kind of feel like i've got to give this game a proper go and after about two hours i was like my wife my wife came home i was like nope can't talk farming (laughs) i'm too busy trying to pick up a wife in this game i need two wives i need a digital wife (laughs) i need a digital wife in pelican town um but yeah now that that's cleared out of the way i'm i'm really looking forward to going back to to you know playing a few more different things and there's stuff on the way that i'm really excited about um we should point out that you play steam almost all your games on steam when you're on i your play your i play too, right? i play triple a's on my xbox mm-hmm. um hate to say, hate to shout out large games again but really looking forward to far cry 5 i've been playing it so yep. it's, it's a lot of fun yeah um, it's very not my kind of game it but is, it's it's it, extremely well made and it's and your I'm first far cry right yeah yeah um I used to always get it confused with Just Cause. And they're very different games. They, they are. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll, almost all the indie stuff I play is on my is through Steam. It's on a laptop. The laptop is five years old now, so it, you know. But when you're playing indie games, it doesn't really matter, right? It depends on the indie game, but yes, I mean, even Little Nightmares runs a little stuttery, mm-hmm. and I can't put my hand on my laptop while I'm playing it because I will burn my hand. Um, but uh, hopefully, I can invest in a Steam box sometime soon. Hook so, it up to my TV. But are they? I, I was so curious when that when that came out. It seems like such a no brainer. But uh, do not. Why don't many people have those Steam box? Yeah, I think they were just like Which, Steam can, box is like can, it's just a box that you hook it up to your, your TV. Yeah, and you can play it's, Steam it's, games. it's a mini computer essentially, a powerful mini computer. But I think the problem was that a, a good Steam box is like twelve hundred bucks, oh, and people go like, oh, well, it's I'll a PC just, stuff, just right. I'll just buy a PlayStation or an Xbox instead. Um, that's that's always been the difficulty with with PC gaming is the the cost for entry is way higher than console. And even though, like you know, the, the, the cycle of a console is like you know six years or whatever, I feel like with PC you're always gonna like, oh, I've got to add 
Yeah, it's two years I've got to upgrade my graphics card. Yeah. Or oh, there's new RAM out, I'll put RAM in. But not if you have a laptop that just plays no. exclusively indie games. Yeah, that just... <laughs> Yeah, that plays exclusively into games and warms up any food I'm eating at the time. So later in this episode, John, I wanted to go through. It's you know the quarter of the of of of, of 2018 is over. First it, quarter. It is, yeah. I thought we could, we could go through some games that we've loved so far this year. Stardew Valley. Let's go to you now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and uh, but before we do that, I thought what we could make a regular kind of segment on this show, which we plan to do monthly. This mm. is a, another excuse for us to spend more time with each other. Indeed. Uh, and know, play more games. Unfortunately, we, we we don't have the lifestyles that afford that can afford us being at my parents' house until 5am yeah. playing GTA anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I like the idea of starting a podcast to like you just see you more and, yeah. and, and just talk about games, which is what we do anyway. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, on each episode, what I want to do is um, kind of like always make sure we talk about a game that we've played together. Yeah. And uh, we, when you got, came over tonight, we, we got the pork on the weather. It's slowly smoking away. Hell yeah. I made some sauce. Uh the bowl sauce, um, and uh, and then we uh, we went and fired up the PS4, um, mm. which is kind of you know I've I've been playing almost exclusively larger games on there. I just I just finished Kingdom Hearts two, mm. um, and I've been playing Far Cry five, which are very very decidedly not indie games. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I heard of this game um, came out this week. Um, it was published by Devolver Digital, who are just an excellent just uh, publisher. Goat, goat publishers. They've um, got so many good titles under their belt. a great sense of humor as well. They're a really fun yeah. publisher to follow. The, um, the And also good spread between... Uh, they do a lot of mobile stuff as well. Yes. Which is dope. Yeah, whenever, totally. I, whenever I see Devolver Digital on the App Store, I'm like, sweet, I'm going to pick that up. Definitely. Um, so... Uh, I uh, The game I'm talking about is called Minute. It's spelled M-I-N-I-T. Um, and... Uh, the premise that was that, that, I, that I heard about is that you have 60 seconds um, to kind of like play around in this world and then you die after 60 seconds. So it's a, uh, it's like an adventure puzzle game. Mm. Um, it looks like a, uh, a GameCube, sorry, not a GameCube, a Game Boy game. Yeah. Black and white, um, oh, but like inverted colors, black and white yeah. um, of game. And uh, yeah, you kind of like moving from one room to the other, finding a puzzle, trying to figure out what you need to solve this puzzle or get to this area or defeat this enemy um, within a sixty-second time frame, mm. and uh, it's a like you know, and I think this is when we you know we've already mentioned Celeste, but one thing that a lot of indie games want you to do is die heaps and learn from it and just be okay with how much you're going to die. Yeah, and I love that you know having this sixty-second timer, like death is just like just it's just part of the game. It's it's a foregone conclusion, <laughs> so Definitely. you just you embrace it essentially, and it's I mean. One thing I noticed with the two of us playing is it's great for co-op's not the right word because co-op is playing co-op is playing at the same time. But with a one minute time limit, there is an automatic like, okay, we switch controllers now. Here, it's your controller. Okay, cool. Now I take the controller back. Which is that that was always how I used to play games kind of, you know, with two players you, sure. you, you would play until you died yeah and you'd pass the controller but that could depending on skill like yeah. you could have the second player sitting there for five minutes going like could you stop running could over that die? bunch of nuns <laughs> and just die um yeah so this is, that just, is how we used to play gta yeah <laughs> um so yeah it was nice to know like and and you're like especially having two minds playing it as well is with each puzzle, it's like, oh, wait, that refers to this specific area of the map. Run, 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 run. Okay, you're dead. I'll take care of it yeah, now. Yeah. We know what's going on. 
but um it's it's got a great sense of humor to it like there are lots of people in the world to talk to mm-hmm. and more often than not the 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 dialogue that you get is refreshingly amusing yeah for a very very simple looking game and this is a pretty common theme with a lot of through a lot of my favorite indie games is that looks so simple and and, mm. and basic but there's so much personality like just boost like yeah bursting through it and and some absurdity as well like the whole it sort of has a vibe of like the early zeldas where you you start by getting a sword and then you know you're doing quests for people, but then there's like a sneaker store mm-hmm. out in the desert that you can visit to pick up fast kicks. Yep, um, just just weird little details like that that make it quite funny and unique. So this game came out um, this week on uh, through on you can get it on, on on PC, on Xbox One, and PlayStation Four. It is a perfect Switch game. Yes, and that was like you know I'll, I, I, over the next few episodes I. I cannot believe the awakening that I've had mm. in terms of playing smaller games on on in handheld mode on the Switch. It is just perfect. Oh yeah, and I, I hear so many people complaining about there not being many games on the Switch. There, are, you, you went through the eShop a minute ago. It is a ridiculous amount of there games. There are too many games on the Switch, but, but but I think people are expecting a AAA experience. And like you know, I've as a long lifelong Nintendo fan, I know that that's not what you get with a Nintendo console. Yeah. Occasionally, you get a little bit of it, but. I love that they've filled so many gaps in the switches. You know, at first it seemed very deliberate, like you know, yeah, we're not getting there's a, there's a big there's, a, there's there's six weeks between Mario plus Rabbids and Super Mario Odyssey, but there's you know here's an indie game every week until yeah. then that, that that's actually worth playing. But now it's just like indie developers, and maybe you can speak on this in the future. You know, from someone that worked at SMG, that there is this like fairy tale element of games selling incredibly well indie games selling incredibly well on the mm. switch like you know you hear stories and i think i think death square was one of those games death, where death square literally only broke even because of the switch and it it within it, it, like it a out, week and a half it alt it outsold every other console it was on it was it, insane so cool i love it's such a beautiful story oh, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's a great story another the, the a developer um who did the uh great kind of zelda um, Link to the Past homage game Blossom Tales. Okay. They've tweeted recently about like literally only being able to stay afloat. They, they, you know, their their company was saved because of Switch sales. Sure. Um, I can't remember where I'm going with this. I'd be really interested to see because I know certainly maybe a bit more in the past, but it continues today in a certain sense that both PlayStation and Xbox have programs where they reach out to indie developers. Um, I know particularly that Xbox has the ID at Xbox program, which is all about helping indie developers bring their games to the console and bring it to market. And I'm curious if Switch does the they same do. thing. Yeah, it's called the Nindies program. The, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, the Nindies. That's and right. And if you want right. to hear more about it, actually, a really great uh, thing to go listen to is uh, the guy who kind of runs the Nindies department of Nintendo, the American dude, um, was guest on the Kind of Funny Games cast about three weeks ago with mm-hmm. Greg Miller and Tim something. Um, and uh, it's a really, really awesome episode. He, he explains, you know, what it was like kind of starting out the Nindy program on 3DS and Wii U mm. and what to what it is now and what he, what he can see is that needs improving. And it was so great. You know, it's so rare that you listen to someone who's in charge of something you like that you have criticisms for, address the criticisms before you even bring them up. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, so I think... You know, they they see what a valuable asset it is having indie games on the on the platform, but uh, unfortunately, Minute is not one of them. Well, that's the. Th- I mean, you can, you got to hope that they 
they think like, oh shit, we should get on the switch. I mean, Devolver have been pretty slow in terms. I think they have they have yeah. Enter the Gungeon and maybe one other. You know, they're putting um the iOS game Reigns that's coming to Switch. <gasps> oh yeah, they're doing um card, fun card game, and they're doing the um it's a combined release, so it's Reigns and then the it's Reigns the it's Majesty. the King version and the Queen yeah. version as well, which is great. But their their back catalog is just rammed with games that are perfect for the Switch. Yeah, there was a top down shooter that I played last year called Time Recoil that I really liked. That yeah. was made through like a like a you know a independent kind of like Danish mm. game development studio, but it reminded me a lot of some of their kind of more beloved top down. You know, th- these are the, that's the, the the studio that published um, Hotline Miami, which is probably like the most beloved top down shooter. Yeah, um, notorious, most notorious. Yeah, it's from from bonkers, recent time anyway. Bonkers yeah. violent, but I think I think a lot of indie game studios should look at the switch as a second life for some of their older titles yeah well that's certainly why firewatch today got announced that's right coming it did. to switch it which did. is a game that we both loved in the past um but yeah minute is uh is a game that like i almost like i know this is coming to switch but yeah. i still bought it it, just, it sounds too cool it sounds so up i thought it would be the perfect game for us to play together yeah and um, it was and it really was i highly recommend it it's like 15 bucks australian on uh, the ps4 store probably the same on microsoft and on pc but um i want to just blow your blow your mind for a moment um do you know who this game was developed by no so developed by four people um i'll start with the people that you were probably less inclined to know uh jukio kalio who is a freelance composer mm-hmm. uh, dominic johan who is the art director of a game called crows 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 it's a lot of, of crows. Uh, Kitty Callis, who most recently contributed to horizon zero dawn which is a very big game huge um but the uh, developer that we are familiar with is a man named um, Jan Willem Nijman, who is the co-founder and one half of Vlambi. Ah, Ridiculous Fishing. That's right. And Super Crate, yep. Super Crate Box Super Crate as Box, well. Yep. Yeah. Which are t- two games that uh, that you and I just rinsed on uh, on iOS. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ah, it's ridiculous. I'm I'm still bummed that they didn't. They kind of promised so much for Ridiculous Fishing and then just orphaned it. Ridiculous Fishing is this really ridiculous, sorry, just like extremely <laughs> fun game where you are a fisherman who. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Like, you, you, first you cast your line down and, and you've got to dodge. Um, you've got, fish. To, you've got to get, guide your hook as far down as you can. And, um, and then on the way up, you have to catch as many fish as you can. And then once you hit the surface, all the fish go flying in the air and you have to shoot all the fish with a gun. <laughs> It's a it's a perfect iOS. Game. Oh, it's it's fantastic, and it does the um, it's it's um, its upgrade system is great. Like you can obviously upgrade your hook and your line and all that kind of stuff, but then you upgrade your gun as well. So at higher levels, you have like a, a mini gun that you're just blasting fish out of the air with. Yeah. Really, really, really fun, and it's just it's one of those things where it's there was so much potential for expansion and upgrade. You know creating more content, more upgrades and stuff. They just, they did like one bug fixing upgrade, <laughs> uh, like update to it. And then said like more stuff coming soon. And then I'm just looking at their website now. They're actually saying like, yeah, we know we've been away for a while. Um, so they yeah. really have their reasons. Yeah. Um, and they also have yeah, super crate box was another brilliant game um, that I, I think I, I remember putting everyone on. This yeah. In- incredibly tough uh, kind of uh, almost like, it's like a one-room platformer, essentially. Yeah, and every time you 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 basically have to get as many crates as you can, and, and while taking on all these all these swarms of enemies, and, and every time you get open a crate, your weapon changes, mm. and some of the weapons are excellent. Mm. Other weapons are really really not very excellent. Yeah, and some weapons can even you you are more likely to harm yourself than you are your enemies. Yeah. Um. So it was wild fun and very very tough. And I remember like review, like we have a you know a Facebook group of, of all of us different well, different like, friends like minded gamers. But it's like you know not your it, it's you know comedians and musicians yeah. who yeah. happen to play video games. At least it was. Now we're I think now we we all identify as gamers a lot more now than we used to. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh. Uh, I remember our Louis McCurdy, who was a uh, Triple J Triple presenter, J presenter who's now lives in London. I remember he he just destroyed all of us at this game with, with like, like a, with the marathon triple figure scores, like one point like, five hours sitting on the toilet yeah. just because he was in the zone and stories like that. He's he is like uh, the the best mobile phone gamer I yeah. know. He gets the high score and everything. He thrashed it. Whenever though. I find a new one, I always tell him about it. But after I've been playing it for a month, so I can just have a chance. <laughs> so you've got a you've got a bit of a skill skill lead on him. But um, um yeah, the 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 picking up the I haven't thought about that game in a long time, and it just I was like, oh, that reminds me a lot of Broforce. Like you never know what you're gonna get when you save someone in Broforce, and it might be oh, like your entire character changes. Yeah, your character changes is, to you a parody might, of like an '80s uh, action yeah. hero, and you it's like it might be something great, like someone with a, a great gun, or it might be MacGyver who throws dynamite and sucks, or Indiana Jones who has a whip. But um, yeah, that was um, yeah. I hope to see them doing more stuff. Like that's a that's a good game. That's a good developer. Definitely. Um, but um, I, don't, I don't think uh, Minute was actually it was it wasn't developed by 
There's they probably like I know one the, the, the other half of Lambeer, Rami Rami Ismail, I think his name is. He's mm-hmm. he's off doing a ton of other stuff. Yeah, right. So the, the developer is JW Kitty Jukio and Dom. So that's the name. It's their four names together. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, highly recommend Minute. I reckon we probably I don't know. I guess we got past the halfway mark after. 90 minutes of playing um, who knows Dep- well I mean depends Dep- on what you consider we unlocked like a, an achievement room and it kind of said that we'd, li- that we'd visited like 45% of the of the places yeah, yeah okay okay I don't know if we'd solved necessarily no there's a lot of lot to go it's charming um, if you like a quirky adventure puzzle game that, like mm-hmm. you know that the, my I said I love how much I love Grim Fandango and I, I, I do have a, a love not, not as much as you do a love for the adventure genre of game um, your, oh, point, right. your point and click kind of adventure games, sorry. Sure. Like, uh, and but I get, I just, I can't commit to them these days. Like, I know that a lot of people enjoyed. Um, what was the the kind of big profile one that came? Thimbleweed. You know, Thimbleweed Park. Sure. And it I looks. Was, I was not in the group of people that enjoyed it. Yeah, right. That's yeah. such a bummer. Yeah. Um, but another game, another point and click game, Paradigm. Paradigm, which is the game that you gave me for, for my birthday last last year. Yep, I played about thirty seconds of it. Yeah, <laughs> because you got it's it not on, on Steam. It's, it's just, not on Switch. I just I do I do all my work on my laptop. I DJ from my laptop. I edit my podcast on my laptop. It's the last thing I want to play video games on because I just get reminded of all the, all the work that I'm avoiding. Sure. But if I play on my Switch or on my PS4, I can just put the laptop in another room and close the door. Yeah. And I can't get to work behind a closed door. It's it's That is why I bought you your birthday present on Switch this year. Thank you so much. I really hope they port Paradigm to Switch yeah. because, God, it's a really good game. Um Speaking of point and clicks, there is one that you have to play later this year. I think it's releasing later this year, which is Kentucky Route Zero. Yes, on Switch. Yeah, it's like oh, a deluxe edition with like the final chapter added to yeah, it. Yeah, the, the TV edition, I think, is the one that's coming to Switch. But holy crap, that's like... It's not... I mean, you're not solving puzzles or anything like that. It's almost just interactive fiction. Mm-hmm. But it's so weird and beautiful in places and heartbreaking in other places and it's not like it's not like other point and click adventures that are very much about from a from a narrative or dialogue sense at least where it's like ask every question that we give you the option to so you can find out more about how to solve puzzles (laughs) this is much more you you choose a dialogue option and then the conversation just naturally moves forward and you can't circle back and try another dialogue oh, wow, so it's great. you you really have to play well, oxen free is a bit like that too yeah oxen oxen free has an interesting dialogue system where someone will be talking and conversation options will pop up and then slowly fade away so right. you you have the choice to not interject at all if you don't right, want yeah, to sure. or you can inter- or you can interrupt and, and talk that's okay I, I find myself like i, I because you know, video game dialogue is always two extra sentences that you wouldn't get in a movie yeah. for every paragraph. So there's, you- a, there's only one bit of video game copy that matters, and that's "Are you a bad enough dude to save the president?" <laughs> yeah, that just came out on the Switch. Yeah, exactly. Did you, did you consider getting me that today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything apart from that is just waffle. Um. Uh, so on this podcast, all the small games, which is a great name that John came up with, by the way, I won't, I won't take any credit for that. No worries, very good. But I did find the eight-bit version of the uh, of the Blink One Eighty Two song that uh, that, is, that we're that using is as topping a theme song. And, topping and tailing. Yep, uh, I might. Ch- there's a bunch of them. I might, I might change it every month nice. to a different because they're all they're all pretty much sound exactly the same. If, <laughs> if anyone listening to this is a chip tuner eight-bit artist, come up with your own version. <laughs> Um, but uh, what I want this podcast to be is like, yeah, like a chance for us to talk about these smaller games because 
um, you know, I, I try to do it on my on my weekly podcast, Hey Fam, with my with our good friend Angus Truscott. Mm-hmm. Um, but I play so many more games than Angus. Yeah. Um, and it is, you know, it, it can be get a bit one sided. Sure. Um, whereas I think you know you and I are always genuine, genuinely keen in the games that we can't play because of the consoles we own. Mm. But also, there is going to be a lot of crossover too. So I want this to be like a way for us to recommend games for each other to play, sure. or you know, fill in what what the other one is playing, and also recommend listeners. You know, indie game. If you're like us, they're an indie fan. Mm. You know, we I would probably play you know at least the first hour of maybe. 10 different indie games a month now sure sure um, just because there's that many coming out on the switch and of course still getting stuff on on ps4 i actually have a massive steam backlog in spite of saying how much i fucking hate don't, playing on my don't even up. call it a backlog you'll i'd like just ignore just, i love you man you'll never finish that <laughs> don't even bother just just make a list of them contact the developers and be like you porting to switch yeah and never playing your game buddy that's the new you up yeah <laughs> Coming to Switch. Um, um, so, yeah, what I, what I, how I wanted to end this episode is um, talk about, I guess, you know, I, I've, I've picked my three favorite indie games to have come out this year. So far. So far. Oh. We're just like the three that I've been playing the most. Two of them actually came out last year um, on, other po- on, other, on other platforms, but the, the, the Switch ports were, were this year. Yeah. I mean, look, as, as previously stated, 172 hours in Stardew Valley... Um, I love like it's. That's not to say that I don't love the game. It's definitely fantastic. I'm I'm merely bringing this up as I haven't played a lot of indie stuff this year. Right. Um, was it two years ago when I took your challenge of keep a list of how many games finished in a year? Yeah, it was enormous. It was. Well, it was in the vicinity of like fifty something. Like, we we just recorded an episode of Hey Fam about like your backlog and the importance of finishing it is is it is it important to finish a game to the credits before you start a new one or like you know does it does it does it even fucking matter you just play what you want keep your keep your interests peaked and you know move on i think it, it very heavily depends on what sort of gamer you are for me it would be if if the game is purely skill based i'll play it until the skill curve hits the point where i'm like well, i can't do this sure um but if there's a, if there's a good story in the game and this is this is where it's it's interesting because celeste is almost I was gonna bring the up, intersection this of absolutely this perfect. like it's it's a very it's getting more and more difficult the more i play which is not to say that impossible like i find after five minutes of of trying suddenly i'm like oh okay i can do this this is great mm-hmm but the story is really developing in an interesting way, and it's told so perfectly. Yeah, it is. It, it is one of the like most well built in video game stories I've ever I've ever come across. And the fact mm-hmm. that it is like a text based story in an eight bit visual game or sixteen bit yeah. visual game is just so wonderful and cool. Like it's just not what you expect from that genre at all. There was there was one bit of dialogue. It's the 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 bearded photographer guy you keep running into you can follow him on instagram it's oh i was hoping that was the case (laughs) it was um it's like the very first time you meet him it's the last dialogue exchange you have but he's like um what's that thing you yell before you do something reckless and and celeste is like uh once more into the breach or something he's like no 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 yolo yolo (laughs) (laughs) i had a genuine laugh at my computer when that came up but um, yeah, so Celeste is a game uh, that came out in January this year, um, uh, developed and published by Matt Max Games, who previously gave us Towerfall. Okay, do you ever play Towerfall? I've, I've heard of it. I, I think I have it on my PS4. I haven't played, played it. it. Yeah, 
um, which is which is a game that was announced um, coming to Switch, and then weirdly Celeste showed up as a Switch game because that's what they were working on at the time. When you're a small stu- small studio, mm. you can only you know work on one thing at a time. So so we got Celeste before we got the uh, previously announced Towerfall port for uh, Towerfall Ascension. I think it was coming to Switch very soon. Um, but uh, yeah, Celeste is a game in which um, you are a uh, a girl. Um, is it Matilda Madeline? Her name is Madeline? Madeline. I thought her name was Celeste. No, Celeste is the name of the mountain. So Madeline oh. is having a, a shit time and wants to get away from her life and just prove to herself that she can achieve something. So mm. she is uh, just dead set keen on climbing this cold and 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 steep and, and awful mountain. Yeah, and it's as as is hinted with your first interaction with an old woman at the bottom of the mountain. There's, there's, the mountain's not quite what it seems. There's, get weird, tested. there's weird things afoot on the mountain, um, and so it's you know it's a it's a it's a pretty um, it's a hardcore platformer um, in which you jump and you have this dash ability, mm. um, which I find very similar to um, Mario's. Uh, kind of when you when you shook the remote in uh, Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy Two, um, you kind of did this extra kind of dash jump surge forward yeah it's kind of twirl jump Mm. and i find that similar similar in 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 celeste and Mm. there's like even there's even levels in celeste that that feel very very influenced by super mario galaxy um it's one of those i mean it's the the movement in it is great because it's just so stripped down you can you can dash you can jump you can cling to walls and you can climb walls and yet as as the levels progress they find so many different ways to mix it up so that you you never like uh, I'm not a fantastic gamer when it comes to platformers, but at no point I'm like oh, I've mastered this now. They're always throwing something new that I'm like oh okay now I got to learn how to think my way through this. Yeah, you know? and then when when elements from earlier levels return later in the game, you're like fuck this shit again, fuck, <laughs> and, and they, then they throw everything at you. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible challenge that even when you finish the game offers an extensive. Like much more challenging mode, and then if you finish that, you, there's, a, there's a third challenging mode. It I'm, just keeps I'm, fucking with you. I'm gonna get to the end of the story and then be like, "Cool, thanks, yeah. Celeste." I <laughs> moving on. I loved Celeste. I, I finished the main story in like I think four days. Sure. I just was addicted to this game and just smashed it. Um, the story was was really really gripping and compelling, but also the gameplay was just extremely. Like I just had to prove myself as, mm. as someone that, and, there, and there was only two moments where i wanted to like just destroy my switch because i could tell that the only reason i was fucking up was because of the finickiness of the joy con joysticks were you having the issue that i've been having where you think you're trying to do like a diagonal dash and you dash up or you dash to the side yep. you're like ah! what you do are you playing on pc yeah i've got a so i've how- got a um got a controller oh, for, my, right. for my pc have you tried playing that with with the arrows with buttons? keyboard yeah. god no i i, I wonder how that would be because it's super frustrating it'd be so precise oh true i guess that's right um there's one there's the, the final kind of level challenge is um uh you basically like it's it's a series of 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 kind of one specific challenge like a bunch of like ch- challenges one after the other um, as you make your, your final ascent. And uh, there's a few of them that I, I just wanted to scream because 
it requires such precision that the, the, the switch joy cons just can't offer you. Right. But then I, I was like, you know, thinking about like, cause a lot of people were saying how, you know, how annoying it is that the switch joy cons don't really have a D pad. And I don't know how you would play. There are certain things mm. that you would need to do with the, the, that diagonal joystick. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, but when it, when it comes to anything like that, at, at the depths of my frustration, I always remind myself that I finished VVVVV on mobile. Oh God. Yeah. That's, like, that's one of my favorite favorite indie games. That's, I love that's a fantastic indie game. I played that on 3ds, which I think is the like um, I, I, it was that is re-released on the Switch, but 3ds was a brilliant place to play it. Yeah, uh, it's like Mo- a, it, it, incredibly simple. Um, Mobile wasn't not a good place to play. <laughs> terrible. God. Yeah, no, I'm an idiot. But um, yeah, it's just one of those like later free falling levels. <gasps> those those almost ended me. Yeah. This was, but the horrible thing is this was during my year of, I'm going to finish as many games as I can. So I didn't have the option to be like, nah, this sucks. Now I'm out. I had to stick through it. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so Celeste was like this kind of big surprise of the year. I remember I, I first heard of it because it was in a Nintendo direct where they kind of casually announced it alongside an EA game called fair. Fair. Oh, F- yeah, F-E. F-E. Um, F- yeah. And um, I was like, oh, they both look really good. And Celeste was brilliant. And Fear. Have Wait, you played any F- of that? F-E. F-E. From, F-E. from Acropolis yeah, F-E now. Yeah, Acropolis. Yeah, Sweet. Um, um, no, I haven't played any. I've read I've read bits and pieces about it. It seems, I, I seems pretty like interesting. It. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've, I've played it for about 45 minutes of it. Mm. And uh, it's, like, it's like a 3D kind of platformer. Mm. Like almost like a mascot platformer where you play like this animal that interacts with other animals and then you learn their language and then their language can l- allow you to interact with the world in different right. ways. Okay. But it's a lot of, like, it has like little tilt mechanics and stuff like that. And like yeah. the visual style is really cool. And that mm. was kind of what made me think, Oh, maybe the, 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 like of the two of them, I was like, Oh, they both look really good, but I, I'm a sucker for, you know, 16 bit. Yeah. Um, what, are they, what do they call that kind of art? Um, 16 bit. That's fine. Poly. Uh, not poly. Definitely not poly. Uh, what kind of pixel art? Pixel art, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm a sucker for that look, and, and in fact, uh, a good friend of ours, Tommy Dasselow, who hosts the Filthy Casuals podcast, will often remark on like if he's just played one, he needs a break before playing another pixel art game. Really? But I just, for me, that's just, it's just, that's just what games look like sometimes. I just, there's so much variety. Yeah. In, in pixel art games, like in, in fact, all three of my games are pixel art. Games, so. <laughs> um. It's interesting you say you gave it 45 minutes. Maybe it's maybe it's something to ponder and talk about in later episodes, but how long do you give a game before you make that decision? Like cuz when it comes to TV, I have a rule. It's you get 3 eps. Any okay. new any new TV show, give me, I I will give you 3 eps well, to to kind of establish yourself and see if I like you. I became a comic book reader because I read so many bad books until the end and I was like, "Fuck, what? It's such a massive time suck." Like you'll you'll be like Maybe this book will get good, and then you'll, a book will finish. Like, and you'll be like, "I read this. This is what I did in my spare time for the last two weeks." Yeah, and this book was a piece of shit. <laughs> Whereas a comic is like twenty four pages, and you're like, oh, "I've got a pretty good idea if, if I'll enjoy this or not." Sure. And if not, I'll just tap out of the first issue. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Uh, but games then, is different. But how, how do you apply that to games? Is it do you you know you give it an hour? Like how how much do you grit your teeth if you get if you're 20 minutes in? Like I played Stardew Valley for 30 minutes the first time I played it. Put it down. Next Came time, back 172 hours. Next time, as I've said, or Blink 172. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's I, I think just as we approach more indie games, maybe that's the question of because we'll definitely run into turkeys. Yeah. Absolutely. So how long do we give these turkeys before we're like, 
It's got feathers and it gobbles. Okay, or maybe how long do you, would it take to cook a turkey? Probably like I, I three it, hours, mm, two hours. Uh, how oh, you, how are you chicken. cooking it? No, like chicken is like one and a half. Yeah, like one 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 fifteen. Yeah, because um, you don't want to overcook the breast, Josh. Sure, it's very important. Yeah, uh, turkey. I guess it's a, it's a bit longer. Like, oh, let, let, let's Google. Let's a, Google it. It's a big ass bird. Got my indie Google box. This um, um <laughs> this chick, this turkey was bought to you by Devolver. <laughs> um, <laughs> Devolver turkey, perfect. Um, how long to cook a turkey? You guys came to this thinking it was a podcast about indie games. Like we won't learn and, shit. And now you're finding out how long it takes to cook a turkey. Fuck uh, me. We'll be setting up a Patreon so you can donate to long. us. How long? It will, a 10 to 18 pound bird. So that's about turkey. nine-ish, like five-ish to nine-ish kilograms yeah. or so. Three to three and a half hours. Oh, so you, you were right. You were right off of that. So I was like, you haven't owned a restaurant. I would know better than you, John. <laughs> You don't copyright a turkey. <laughs> um, you'd be you'd be surprised at things I have to research <laughs> yeah. for my job. Um, but uh, so yeah, Celeste, the big surprise of the year, I think. You know, it got it got overwhelmingly great reviews, and rightfully yeah. so. I think it very, very well deserved. Um, Just very polished. Yeah. Just a beautifully polished game. Like they've they've pared the gameplay down to its absolute necessity. They've written great characters. The art is beautiful. Like from from both the art of the game to when you're talking to someone and you have character models up on the screen, and you know the way they represent emotion, just fantastic. So my game for February um, is another game is a game that came out um, for PC last year, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, it's a uh, it's a pixel art 16-bit platformer nice. but it is a much more a kind of like adventure story driven platformer um, in which you play a uh, a boy with owl wings um, <gasps> who oh. instead of uh, fighting carries people who can fight for him or fight with him oh cool um, and uh, it's a really fun kind of way of changing up the gameplay there are different characters that have different abilities it's kind of Metroidvania oh sorry the game is called Owlboy <laughs> the game is called Far Cry 5 <laughs> um, but yeah Owlboy Al- um, came out for Switch in February this year and uh, I fell in love with it and I think I, you know January finished and I was like I'll be very surprised if I love a game more than I love Celeste this year and I think Owlboy got the edge over it just because really? it really really catered to like that you know the, that era of, of like really really well, beautiful kind of like like twee is the wrong word but like uh, just a, a very have a, a very warm emotional kind of core mm. adventure games that came out during the SNES era sure maybe even the PS1 era too um, just very polished platformer with a really really charming story um, and um it offers up some really, really teeth-grittingly annoying challenge later on in the uh, in, in the game, mm-hmm. but um, I, I loved it all the way through, and it's one of the very few games that has moved me to tears. Oh wow! Um, uh, and I definitely recommend it. If like you know, I'd say Celeste and uh, and Owlboy are two of the best examples of storytelling in gaming that sure. I've ever come across. Sure. Have you played Oxenfree? I've not to the not to the end. No. Right. Okay. Just curious. I've only I've only only quarter cooked the turkey on that right, one. Right, right. <laughs> Just um, I, 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 I played it for a drumstick. <laughs> um, I love that. This is a good terminology. Yeah. If you, if, uh, so the when, full when, when you yeah so when when you play it 
when you play a game that you did, that you know you don't like but you keep playing and you push through, that's when you overcook the breast. Yeah. I overcooked the breast on this one. <laughs> Why? Um, I think February was when the final bit of DLC for um, Little Nightmares was released. Um, this was... This made it onto my Game of the Year list last year. Um, Which was I published think, by Time Magazine. Yes. <laughs> um, cover story. I think if you... It's funny, I think if you go back... Uh, when I say Game of the Year list, it's the, the the Facebook group mentioned earlier in the episode. We have a Game just of the Year list. Just a bunch of us mates just, yeah, just, just having a poll, games. Just uh, engaging in democracy. It's just trying our hardest to make sure Zelda gets as many votes as possible. Yeah. Um, I think if you go back over my votes over the last few years, they've always tended towards indie games. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm, I'm about that life. But... Um, the first the the base game is incredible. Is it coming to Switch? Has it been it announced? Is, yeah, on Switch? Like, I actually bought it on PS4. I didn't play a moment of it, but I'm, I'll totally rebuy it play on the Switch. Ha- In fact, not only did I rebuy it on Switch, it's been published by Namco. Namco, uh, of, oh, course, of course, famously, uh, you know, owned the character of Pac-Man. Yes. Created the character of Pac-Man. Uh, Pac-Man had an amiibo that came out for Super Smash Brothers. A little toy that you scanned, and mm. you can, you know, level him up or using the toy that you scan and you scan into the game. Uh, that's all Pac-Man has been able to do. I think maybe he had like a different skin if you used if you scanned him on the Yoshi game. I think that would okay. be it. But for whatever reason, Little Nightmares, which is like a kind of like side-scrolling horror game, it's it's yeah like two point five two point five D um, horror game. Sure, you're a, it, 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 like platformers, well, like almost puzzle platformer, like Inside or Ace it, Odyssey. It definitely it definitely wears its influence of Inside on its sleeve. Oddworld a little bit. Uh, no, well, maybe a little bit, maybe in some of the puzzle kind of stuff, but um, but, but in, inside's definitely the best comparison. And you play a little boy in a raincoat, little girl, a girl in, a raincoat. in the in the base game. It's a little girl in a raincoat. So if you scan the Pac Man amiibo on the Switch port of Little Nightmares, the raincoat turns into Pac Man. Oh, really? So, <laughs> so you can play Little Nightmares as like a kid in a Pac Man raincoat. That's that's cute. I paid. I, I found a Pac-Man amiibo on eBay for seven dollars, nice. and I now can do that. Amazing! So I'll send you lots of screenshots. Um, but yeah, so this this last kind of chapter, I'm only just getting into it now, um, but it's it's still it's still ticking those terrifying boxes so far. Like the the second chapter of the DLC, I thought was a bit because mostly the ones previously have all been linear, whereas like. You move. You're moving through this giant ship, um, essentially. But the second, the second episode of the DLC, the first episode was incredible. It was all like water based, and it was utterly terrifying. As you get chased through these watery levels by this creature, which is similar to like some of the scariest levels in Inside. Yeah. Um, uh, the second one just kind of it, it was a little hubbish. Like here's this main area you're you're in, and you need to go to different areas. St- stemming from that and solve a puzzle and then make your way back to the original area and <laughs> it wasn't i mean it wasn't terrible but at the same time i was like you know kind of dragged a little bit but getting into this getting into this next one i think it's shaping up to be good and apparently yeah. it's it's like the great the great thing about it is the dlc is almost a, like and here i'll get really art school wanky rashomon-esque and <laughs> that it's it's telling the story from a different perspective like right 
at at various points in the DLC, it intersects with the base game in really kind of cool and interesting ways. Right, cool. Um, but yeah, so that's that's one thing I'm I'm very much looking forward to to getting into um, or getting further into. Uh, yeah, what what else has been out lately? Well, my final game is actually a game that I bought you for your birthday last year. Flintook? Yep, yes. Flintook, um, which uh, I bought at the same time um, okay. on, on PS4. I gave it to you on Steam. Nice. And I remember you were like, it's really, really good, but it's just totally a perfect example of a game that I'm terrible at. Yes. And I was like, oh, no. And then I started playing. I was like, oh, I'm also terrible at this game. <laughs> uh, you are a, um, a, little, a little, little space pirate uh, who moves from ship to ship. Um, trying to chase bounties and, and, and get as much treasure as you can so you can level up your your stats. Mm-hmm. Um, as you enter each, shi- uh, each ship, um, every room that you visit in, um, to, like, you know, make your way to the end of the ship is procedurally generated. Each room will have, like, procedurally, procedurally generated kind of patterns of enemies and obstacles and hazards that you've got to get through with as much health as possible so that you can eventually track down the bounty um, and then uh, and then fight a boss, um, yep. which is and it's proper challenging. But the cool thing about this is that you are a pirate with a, uh, a hook shot, basically flint hook, um, and uh, that's how you traverse through all of these rooms. Um, you also have a uh, like a slowdown mechanic, mm-hmm. um, which kind of you know slows down time. And so basically, like you you know, it, it's all about balancing moving around with the fl- with the uh, the flint hook, um, shooting with your with your laser. And mm-hmm. uh, and slowing down and mix the, you know basically the combination of those three things and uh, I was terrible in my in my in the drumstick that I played of, <laughs> on on the PS4 version uh, but baby I've cooked I've I've you baked cooked. a few banquets you, on, you on Switch that. it's Thanksgiving baby <laughs> it, it is such a perfect handheld Switch game just the way the that the, the, the triggers feel in your mm-hmm. fingers as you use them um, in the game it's just it's just perfectly mapped to this to this game and. Um, I just my my brain it was like oh this is what you got to do and right. I leveled up to a level that I you know l- l- like like three times what I what I played on on the oh, PS4 okay. in such a short amount of time hmm. so yeah I just and I'm quite good at it now oh. I'm, I'm up to my third bounty um, all right it's still all right Turkey Chef it still kicks my ass a lot but it's another game that falls into that you know that that realm of yeah it, it encourages you to die learn from your mistakes and sure. every run you do even if you die after like you know only making it through two rooms on one ship whatever coin like there's a multiplier it's like coins versus enemies that you kill versus like times um, rooms you visit that all adds up to your XP. Right. And so okay. it helps you level up, which then gives you access to uh, buy perks and, and, and weapon upgrades mm-hmm. so you can then be better when you go and play it next. Cool. It's a fucking excellent game that I'll always want to revisit and chip away at more nice. and more. Well, if great I, soundtrack, great visuals, etc. I'll I'll give one last shout out um, to a game. And it's a game I know you've played as well. And it's a game that I'd be interested to see if they bring it to the Switch. I reckon it would work on the Switch. I was playing it today because, as you mentioned, Xbox is a client of mine at work. And we do live streaming for them. Um, super Hot. Oh. Super Hot's available. Super, super Hot. hot. Um, uh, two birthdays ago you bought me that. I actually played the fuck out of this one. Yeah. yeah I got up to like the second last level. It gets real hard. Yeah. The last level's insane. Also, it's... my Mac does not like sure. how... Uh, um, yeah. 
it it would probably melt. But um, yeah, it's it's currently free with Xbox Games with Gold. If anyone listening to this has that, I highly recommend you get it. But um, yeah, it's just it just reminded me like, god damn, this this was such a mind frying game when I first played it. Like, it's it's so awesome when a, a developer takes a really well established genre and manages to put some twist on it that makes it feel fresh and new again. Like, I remember when I played it the first time, I compared it to Portal. Yeah. Like, that, just that sense of, like, oh, this is a first-person shooter. I've played lots of them, but instead of running around killing people, I'm, I've got this weird device that, that manipulates reality in a way that, oh, I've never experienced this before. Yeah. And Superhot's the same way. It's just as... The, the main... If you haven't played it, please go play it. But the main mechanic is that time it's it's put simply as time only moves when you move so you might have an enemy drawing a gun at you if you stay still they move at glacial pace so you have time to think like okay will i duck will i go left will i go right is there something around me i can pick up and throw at them is there like how do i get out of this situation it's a it's an fps but it's a puzzle game it's a time-based puzzle totally. game, and it's so good and there's no right way to to get through each level yeah. like it's it's so you know you can you can try and run as fast as you can through a level or you can be really, really slow and methodical. <laughs> I, or- I remember when I first played it, bringing, bringing up our friend Batesy, who we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I, I, was, I was telling him about, like, you play this slow, it's really considered, it's amazing. I handed him the controls and he just played it like a normal FPS. He just rushed in every time and died and died and died and died. And I'm sitting there going, no, you're supposed to, like... <laughs> Stop and consider your movements. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Dead, dead, dead. <laughs> Eventually, I just snatched the controller from him. I'm like, no, you're not playing anymore. This sucks. <laughs> Have this fucking book instead. <laughs> <laughs> Go and don't read this. <laughs> uh, so that's like a great little selection. I, I, I really want to play Super Hot VR. It's it's uh, have plenty of room. Oh, really? You just yeah. Move around like a fucker. Yeah. I played I played in a small room and punched bookshelves about three or four times before the Amazing. person I was with was like, we're not playing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, uh, that's it for the first episode. Yeah. Um, John, as you were uh, talking about super hot, I registered our email account. Nice. All the small games at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with the show and talk about, maybe you can recommend us a game that we should be checking out or yeah. a game that you are, uh, you know, maybe something from the past that you'd like us to talk about. Uh, we're pretty open for what, it, when it comes to, you know, what we're going to do with the show. Yeah. Might, you know, pick topics to talk about in the future, um, go through some of our favorite games from the past. But uh, the most important thing is going to be us playing these new indie games and recommending the good sure. ones to you and uh, and to each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so all you long-time listeners, first-time emails, yep. emailers, hit that inbox. I got to go baste uh, these pork shoulders on, on the Weber. Oof. Should that be a thing? Should we just cook barbecue should we, every should episode? We smoke every episode? And, and stay, stay up till 3 a.m.? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like I got to be back here in nine hours. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's it's just like, just like when old you times. Have, used to leave Redfern and then have to go back to Redfern. Nine hours That's later. true. That's true. Um, John, this is a pleasure. Um, Indeed, it was. Where can people find you online if they want to? Uh, um, you will tease find, you. You will find me on Twitter and Instagram as at sixteen tacos, and uh, I'm at Levdog L E V D A W G. 
Um, as I'm assuming that most of you would probably have come to this through other podcasts that I've been on, that I host, sorry. But mm. if you uh, aren't aware of them, um, I host one called Hey Fam, hosting, which is all about kind of video games and pop culture and um, me and my friend Angus being dickheads. Um, and then uh, another one all about comic books that I host with a friend, uh, Siobhan Coombs, um, who, uh, who works at a place that John used to work at, King's Comics in Sydney. <laughs> Got fired from. Oh, Thank wow. you very much. Fantastic. Great bit of goss. Because I was a prick. Um, it's funny that people that, that listen to um, both podcasts are going to be like, wow, this guy's so connected. Yeah. <laughs> but a serious issue is all about comic books. Um, that's now a serious issues comic book podcast. Um, and I've got one about hip hop as well at the moment called Old Raps, um, which is uh, we're going to have a new episode next week, which is all my favorite obscure Neptunes produced songs. I'm really looking forward to that so one. So it's Hey Fam, Serious Issues and Old Raps. Um, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of All the Small Games. Um, take it away, random YouTuber who put, makes chiptune remixes of uh, 90s rock songs. Is that 90s or early 2000s? All the Small Things is early 2000s. I, I just played this. I got this indie Google machine. Let me oh, just, right. Let me just get, it, you get my money's it worth. It takes three and a half hours to cook Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that your favorite Blink song? All the Small Things. Hmm. Um, 1999 is a 90s song. Cusp, sure. We'll find out what uh, John's favorite Blink One Eighty Two song is. I'm sorry, I, for- I forgot the '90s. <laughs> John will tell us his favorite Blink One Eighty Two song next episode. Indeed. And also, we'll talk about some games. Cliff- maybe cliffhanger. See you next time. Thanks for listening. See you guys. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.